This is the Finding Strong Podcast. Push your limits, win the day, find your strong. Here's another episode. Hey everyone, welcome to the Finding Strong Podcast. I'm your host, Pat Gates, sitting here with Mark Bottenhorn. What's going on, everyone? Happy uh, Wednesday morning. Yep, yep. Uh, how's, that, how's everything going there in Dallas? Oh, it's going well. Um, it's really weird. Government's like dragging their feet. There's not really a lockdown. The lieutenant governor said he wants to go back to business as usual. And um, he said old people are, will sacrifice for the economy. So I don't really know. I don't really know what the status is here because I've been essentially on a lockdown, you know, since this whole thing started. But even yeah, prior to that, all I did was work and then I was on a lockdown. Now I'm just working from home and I'm locked down just because uh, the natural uh, flow of my life. So um, really, I'm not sure what's, you know, too much going on on the outside. I have my groceries delivered. I don't I don't know, but everything's going great. I had a great workout today. Um, you know, it's 80. 82 or 83 degrees out, you know, and bright, sunny, beautiful day. Yeah, that's great. I know uh, just uh, last night they announced that we're doing a uh, statewide lockdown. It can only go for essential things like going to the grocery store or going to, like, doctor's appointments. Other than that, they kind of want you to, you know, stay inside. Well, you're also able to exercise and run. Yeah, yeah, which, which is, is good, which is really good. Which is per- So, like, my whole thing with this before, and I live a – granted a much different life than everybody else, Patrick. Um, but my whole thing before was like, I'm like, how is this any different for people when I read these rules? But I yeah. forgot that people like go to the movies. I forgot that people go to bars. I forgot that people go to pretty much anywhere. Like yep, yep, uh, yep. for me, it's like a, it's a, it's a pretty much status quo thing. Like, um, you know, I probably haven't been to, this sounds lame, but I probably haven't been to the movies since 2010 maybe yeah 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 oh, no, i saw the premiere of the game changers but that's it so one time since 2010 yeah yeah i mean um i know i know a lot of people that are you know kind of antsy they're like feeling like they're getting cabin fever just because i know that you know they always go out and do things whether it's going to you know like you said the movies or the bar or just even just going anywhere like the mall I mean, I mean, I guess I haven't been to the mall and freaking I can't can't remember the last time I went to the mall. But you know, now I want to just because you know to get out of the house. But yeah, that's fine. You can go, but you have to go to Southland Mall. So that's oh, the only rule. Oh boy, get yourself a Gucci belt and some Air yeah. Force One. I did. I did see a really cool thing. This dude in France has a seven meter like wide balcony, and he spent the entire day and he ran a marathon on his seven meter balcony. Just went back and forth. <laughs> So he has a 21-foot balcony? Yeah. Yeah, and he, and, he, nice. and he basically just went back and forth over the, over, the entire, over the entire balcony and ended up running a marathon over the course of, like, you know, however many hours it took him. Wow. Yeah, I've seen some stories. I've seen some stories like that. And um, it's uh, interesting times, I guess, call for um, desperate uh, measures um you know after my last race i bought a bike trainer to do some cross training so that bike trainer could uh, potentially come in real handy um, oh yeah for sure yeah but um you know i guess that 
that is a it just kind of shows how disconnected i am and it's kind of eye-opening like man i uh maybe sometimes i set too much expectations for people i suppose like um you know a lot of people out of a gym or or things like that now because they can't be um and it's like it was eye-opening to me how many people don't have gym equipment um so you know thinking about that like i have a concept two rower in my apartment i have a bike trainer i have kettle like almost every kettlebell size you can think of i have um weighted rollers i have like everything i have a self-sufficient gym yeah Yeah, you have you have one of my kettlebells and i'm straight up unhappy about it yeah a lot of that comes down to you that's your fault (laughs) it's my fault but you moved moved to dallas man my bad yeah and you left it in my car god damn it what what do you want me to do unload a 35 pound kettlebell take it down to you hand deliver it to you no way uh the worst the worst part the thing that probably hurts the most for you is i have two 35 pound kettlebells now (laughs) yeah and you have none yeah i'm screwed whatever what do you want socialism (laughs) not giving my kettlebells all right all right so what uh what do we got on the agenda for today my friend uh no i i think um the the landscape around chaining uh, your training has changed and something that we've talked about um so i think it's 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 wise to get into that and i I have some perspective i think that i want to offer um as a coach uh as as an athlete myself and as just a human uh, on how we can navigate these next few weeks two months okay yeah Let's, let's, let's do it okay so the first thing i want to dive into is if we are to objectively look at this period of time, we're say maybe eight weeks, I'll just give an estimate from right now. Okay. We'll say maybe it doesn't mean anything. Cause I don't know, but we'll just say broadly eight to 12 weeks, there will be no races. Uh, could well go beyond that. Um, one thing that, um, you know, athletes, endurance athletes tend to do is they tend to chronically over race. Um, and as a result, they're like in this weird stage where they're kind of undertrained and don't, uh, develop the proper aerobic base, um, but they're not. But they're overtrained because there's so much intensity because they're racing so much. Um, so if you're to look at this like it's a it, it's a real positive um, for a lot of reasons, and I don't obviously we talked about this, and I don't mean a positive like obviously the world's in turmoil and and people are hurting and people are sick and people are dying, but from an endurance standpoint, there it, it, it's very rare when you have two to three months of uninterrupted in in today's landscape, uninterrupted training. Uh, A lot of people aren't disciplined enough to do that. And a lot of um, aerobic and long-term benefit can come from a good 12 week base training block before you get into racing. And now this has kind of forced people to, to take a, a breath and reset. And what I'm seeing is it's really separating the people who really, really want it and who are really about the process. Um, you know, if you're just doing this for a finisher's medal or a finisher's jacket or a pint of green beer after you race um, or any of those things, you're, you know, a result, an age group placing or maybe to win the race or something like that, then you're going to be hard pressed for motivation at this time. Is that fair to say? Because there's there's yeah. no – you don't get that external <laughs> gratification because there are no races. The race medals are getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and people are going wild over them. And now you don't have those big race medals. Um, what you have is this process. Um, so you have this, the process is the reward. It's always been the reward. 
And the people who view it that way, who are often successful in the sport and sustainable, um, you're seeing them right now and they're going to thrive in three months. Yeah. Where at, and, and I'm talking in generalities because some people have a job, like maybe they're in the front lines and medical and uh, this is taking a lot out of them, but I'm just talking in generalities and you're going to see the people who don't really want it. They're going to fizzle off and they're going to fade. And if, if, if the only reason you're doing this is for that finisher's jacket, well, I've got news for you. It's, um, it's just, it's not happening. So how do you stay motivated? Well, for me, obviously, you and I, we've already talked about our motivations. I'm intrinsically motivated to try to be better every single day. Um, and when I work with athletes, I, before I take them on, I kind of screen them fairly rigorously. And I let them know that, like, if you're just interested in, in trying to lose, like we talked about with Derek, if you're trying to lose five pounds or if you're trying to uh, run a PR every race or if you're trying to just do this for the medals, then I'm probably not the guy that you want to be coached by because I'm in it for the long yeah. haul and long term. Uh, so for me, too, this doesn't change my motivation very much at all. Um, this now gives me a fresh perspective. Like I had to miss out on the U.S. 100K championships. I had to miss out on a long shot potential chance of maybe running for the USA, the 100K world championships. But in, in perspective, I mean, it gives me more time to prepare for the next race. Yeah. So, yeah, and yeah, in the grand in the grand scheme of things, like the the long game, you're gonna have more time to train, more time to, uh, you know, fix uh, things that you want to fix, uh, more time to work on other things like your diet or whatever it is that you also want to work on. Yeah, yeah, I want to be I want to be one of the most competitive people on the the USATF Ultra Road Circuit in 2022 and in 2024. So this three months in 2020. It's just an opportunity for me to, to put my head down, to log the miles, and to go into into what I call monk mode. Um, and what you'll see is that that's not everybody's goal. Like, not everybody's going to be competitive on the on the national or world stage. Um, but their goal might be to break three hours in the marathon. It might be to break 245. It might be to just get better every day. This is a prime opportunity to do this. It's out there for the taking. You're going to see people shut down. The only thing you can basically do right now is run. Unless you have a like extensive home gym like I do, you're basically only going to be running. Yep. So, so what better time than now? Exactly. And I thought, thinking of this financially, like it's going to have a huge financial impact on the U.S. And I thought, you know, a lot of my athletes are going to be financially impacted by this, and they're going to lose motivation, and I'm going to lose a lot of athletes, and frankly, probably some money. Um, but I guess not to my surprise because they've been screened pretty well, but all of, as, as you can see too, cause you're in the group, all of the athletes are fired up, are motivated, are inspiring me every single day. They're not giving up. They're pushing for more and more and more and staying so positive. Yeah. And I think they're, they're all even beyond the athletes that I coach or that we work with every day. Uh, beyond that, there are thousands of athletes out there that are, that are doing the same and pushing the same limits. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I was telling you, you know, the other day, um, I, I've been going out for, you know, runs every single day and, uh, I've never seen like more people out running and trying to be outside more than I ever have before, especially like running wise, like, like the running routes I take, I don't like, I usually never see not a soul. And not, like over the last, you know, week or so I've been seeing, you know, more and more people in, in uh, every route I take. It's 
so it's pretty cool to see that that like people are just adapting and changing their their workout routines yeah it's um it's beautiful it's like a bass it's back to basics you know and um are we going to see a little running boom as a result of this are, are more people going to fall in love with with the sport or endurance sports because uh, i'm seeing a lot of cyclists i'm seeing a lot of uh runners is is this something that's possible like is this a possible silver lining of this all yeah, I, th- I definitely think so. Like we're we are very much of an uh, an adaptable people, and um, you know, in dire situations like this, uh, people adapt and they're they're they can't go to the gym every day and just lift weights, so they're finding other means. Yeah, that's mon- good to see. Yeah, the mantra "adapt or die" is a is a true thing. Um, so you know, and I want to take this time to say, first of all, we need to take social distancing very seriously. Um it's good to get out and train and I encourage every single person to get out and train and maintain their physical fitness, but let's take this seriously and not be training in groups. And I see so much of it still or hear about so much of it. Yeah. It's, it's confusing and we should take this vi- virus very serious. I mean, are you going to die from it? Anybody here listening to this podcast? Unlikely statistically. Um, could you pass it on to somebody and, and it'd be more dire for them? Very possible. But, um, at the end of the day, we need to to understand that this is a, this is a dangerous virus, and um, there could be some health complications. But we we also need to be realistic about about the situation and not panic. Like it's good to be educated, but taking it overboard and panicking is going to be counterproductive. And an example that I'm talking about with this is we see it a lot. Um, you know, I, I've seen it with my athletes, some of them. Uh, I've seen it with a lot of my friends more so than my athletes. And what it is, is they're, um, what I see is they basically, you know, stopped running um, because they're afraid of getting the virus running outside. I don't know how on earth you would get this virus running outside by yourself. Um, and so they're neglecting their own physical fitness, their own mental health. And then I see them getting carry out like bar food or fast food to support the local business every night. And it's like, it blows my mind. Like, the yeah. odds of you succumbing to uh, heart disease, obesity, um, you know, any of these like chronic illnesses is is so much higher than it is succumbing to this virus. Um, so it, it amazes me in a time of crisis like this, how many people have this short term mindset? I can't race next month. So what's the point? Um if I'm not racing, if I'm not training, I might as well eat crap. Well, like all these habits, they build up and they're not doing you any good and they're not doing your immune system any favors either. Uh, if you want to even think short term. No, not at all. So no, what this I- is, like, this is like a, a good time to, you know, to start cooking, to learn to cook, you know, to, to, you know, practice those recipes, to, 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 to not you go out and eat bar food every night. This is like the perfect opportunity for it. It is. It is. It's the chance to hone all of those things. So, um, you know, like the way that I would look at this is, is, is this is a, this is a three month base training period where you have a chance to get every single thing right. Most people are working from home and will be for the foreseeable future. This is a chance to focus on some things. Um, I know I have goals that I want to focus on. I know that you do too. What, what goals do you have to focus on during this period of time? So me, I'm going to focus on, uh, reading more, um, like just instead of just like reading every other night, just try to like read, read basically every morning and every night and uh, getting back into painting more. 
been doing that. Uh, focus more on like stretching since like I sometimes I pretty much like I'm too I'm like oh I make excuse I'm too tired to stretch, but now like I don't really have any excuse. I just got to stretch at night or stretch in the morning. Um, and my other goal goals are to you know run a 5K like every day while this uh, quarantine is going on. Hey, fantastic. I hope you run longer sometimes too. No, I do. I do, but just a minimum, minimum of 5k. Oh, cool. All right. All right. I dig that. Um, yeah, I think those are all, those are all good goals. And you see the common theme is like, it's, those things are impacting maybe technical still and something that you're, that you're uh, really interested in. Um, mental health focused. Yep. 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 And, um, I've been doing, I've been doing uh, like a little challenge, like a power hour. So every hour on the hour, do like uh, 20 push-ups, 20 sit-ups, 20 squats, 20 like flutter kicks, um, and then you know sprinkle in some other things or whatever. So I just do that throughout my workday. I kind of break it up and break up the monotony of staring at a screen. So every hour on the hour, do something like that. For 24 hours? <laughs> no, no, no. Just basically 10 hours a day. Uh, weakling. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to wake up in the middle of the night. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that, those are, that's really cool. Like I've seen a lot of people doing these interesting at home fitness challenges. And I think that's another positive that's drawing from this. Uh, for me, I think some of the goals I set, uh, have, they're like deeply, uh, in tune with my personal why, and it helps me obviously stay motivated and just kind of firing on all cylinders. Um, so some of the interesting things a, a while back, I, um, I spent some time with some Buddhist monks um, at the Great Lakes Buddhist Vihara. And I'm intrigued by the life that they live. And I have no desire to be a monk, um, primarily because I like to talk and I like my hair. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I have a, I have a different purpose in life. Um, but I thought that, I thought that they were, they were enlightened and they were fascinating and they were like just so wise. Um, and this is my chance uh, to go into what I call monk mode. And this is not a religious um, meaning in any way. It's more of the fact that um, this is a chance for me to, to, to kind of act like a, like a monk in my religion, which is endurance athletics and coaching and as an athlete. Um, so I've set some goals around that and I've set some other goals that are a little bit more arbitrary. Uh, one of my goals, um, for example, is that I want to spend time actually uh, improving my ability to meditate. Um, it's no secret that I struggle with anxiety and mental health issues from time to time. And, uh, during a major pandemic, it's, uh, obvious that my anxiety is probably higher than normal as most people, even people who haven't even suffered with anxiety and depression before are feeling. Um, so I think that a good way to combat that would be to really learn to focus on, on meditating. Um, it's something that I've tried in the past and I haven't really able to get into because you know i've said well you know i have really bad adhd and it's hard for me to focus on it um but those are just excuses really those are self-imposed limitations so i'm going to learn to uh meditate better the next thing i'm going to do is uh i want to work up to the point where i do a thousand push-ups in a day and there's no reason for that i don't think it'll be particularly effective in helping me do anything at all uh, i think it's a really cool milestone but like if you think about like bruce lee or something that like or like these like urban legends, like, Oh, that guy, he used to do a thousand pushups a day. Like it's just always something that we like attribute to somebody being a badass. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. do a thousand, 
I'm going to work my way up to doing a thousand pushups in the day. Uh, my triceps is healing each and every day. It's not far away from being probably fully healed at this point now, almost four weeks uh, post-injury. So I'm really excited about that and being able to reintegrate home workouts back in. I think I'll start doing my first workout next week, uh, which will be really good, really good for me mentally. Uh, the, sure. next thing, the next thing I want to do is I want to focus more on reading. I, I wanted to read 12 books last year and I read eight. Um, and I'd really like to, to, to focus on that uh, and then listen to more, more coaching seminars in my free time, as well as do things to improve my uh, professional life. Um, but that's not really important right here. So I think doing those things really will keep me on track uh, with running. And I was in this interesting dynamic because I'm like, you know, I have now, basically I'm not traveling at all. And that was the bulk of my job. So I have this ability to be able to train like a lot. And I lowered, you know, I was running 95 miles, 80 miles, 90. And I lowered my miles to like 60 miles a week. And I was, I got it worked up and I said, you know, I need to have a strong immune system. So if I like border on overtraining, my immune system might go down and I might get the coronavirus. And I, I, I stayed like that. And last week I ran a down week on purpose and I, you know, I've been thinking like, man, if I'm not training like hard, then I'm not living. Cause that's who I am. I want to train hard. And I, I know so many of us are scared at this time. And I just, I got to the point where I'm just going to refuse to live in fear. I read some runner's world article where like, if you go over 60 miles a week, you compromise your immune system. Um, that was the first mistake because runner's, yeah. world, runner's world provides some of the worst advice I've ever seen uh, in general. And that's a really arbitrary number because 60 miles um, for you and 60 miles for me are going to have different effects on our yeah. immune system. Yeah. Um, and they probably understand that in writing that, but 60 miles for me is a pretty low week and I, I don't want to hang out at this uh, level anymore. So I'm going to go back up and I saw a good friend of mine, Corey Waltering, and he put his week up and tagged his coach in and said, I didn't even know I ran this many miles. He ran 117 miles last week. Ooh, and, yep. And uh, he typically runs higher mileage than I do. And it's, it's very inspiring, but like, these are people that like, you know, he's a, He's a friend of mine, acquaintance. He's a really nice guy. Um, you know, I know him from the racing circuit and things like that. And I'm like, these are the people that I'm racing against, right? And I'm running 55 and 60 miles a week because I'm scared of a virus. These guys aren't taking it off. And I said it in the last podcast, nobody's going to feel sorry for you when you get to the start line and you're undertrained. Um, because it's your job as an athlete or whatever you want to be to be sharp. And uh, that's just proof, like, you know, Corey's a great athlete. He's a great runner, professional runner. And he put in almost 120 mile a week this week. And, and I'm sitting here and I can't help but feel like, okay, I'm not doing enough. So thanks for the motivation, Corey. I appreciate that. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And like some other stuff, like, like this is a good time to like heal, like, you know, heal up some injuries. I know Michael said, you know, he's going to get that surgery now. Um, my shoulder is feeling, hasn't felt this great in, in quite a while. So it's good to heal up some injuries. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been a lot of, been focusing more on the mental health aspect too, uh, just because you know I've been worried about you know jobs, other people's jobs, uh, my parents, you know, just the whole this whole thing. And then um, and then I've been doing a thing where I'm been I've been only trying to use my phone just like certain periods throughout the day, so I'm not just continually checking different social medias because it's it's they can put a hindrance on. Uh, <laughs> on my mental health, just because like you're reading articles or you're seeing, you know, people talk a bunch of bullshit or whatever. Um, that they have no clue about. Yeah. So every person on Facebook thinks they're the top, 
medical epidemiologist right now in the nation. It blows yeah, my yeah. mind. I'm not. I'm not. It's hard to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, it, but and but uh, Monday. Yeah, yeah. Yes, uh, Monday. It was like National Puppy Day and like just like outside factors. Like I just put my phone in a drawer and I was like, I'm not checking my phone. I'm not doing anything. I remember I, like you called me and I I just had my phone in a drawer and then I left it there for for a few hours and didn't check it, didn't do anything, just read, just then put on some TV, painted a little bit and just kind of sat there on the ground and didn't even think about my phone just because I know something like that can can trigger me so i'm just gonna put it away and focus on other things that i know i can control right and you can control how hard you train you can control the effort that you put in yep um i say this and i've said this to many of my athletes we are i think when everything's going right it's really easy to be a good person it's really easy to be um to work hard but when things are not going your way when you've had bad races when your races get canceled um, when everything is scary, you see a true character of a person. Um, and so I feel this overwhelming responsibility to, to lead by example. Yep. Um, and you know what, like, we're going to be okay. We're going to get through this. Um, it's really scary times. And I understand that it's, um, but at the end of the day, how we react to this is going to define how, how we fare. Um, and I'm not rolling over and dying. Uh, if I if I die from the damn coronavirus, then I die. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna live like I'm dead right now. No, I'm no, gonna push my not. limits. I'm gonna push my limits every single day because when I'm not pushing my limits, when I'm not trying to be better every single day, that's when I'm dead. Like, yep, that's that's living not and right, one hundred percent. Yeah, that's, that's that's my goal is to live passionately and pushing the bound and pushing the limits every single day. And if I don't do that. Like you said, I'm I'm not living. I'm not, I'm not I'm not living up to my potential. I'm not doing anything for my true self. One hundred percent. And I think I I think that there when you when you when you dissect that and, and you and you take that statement and say, I'm gonna focus on my goals and you can cancel out all the noise because when this pandemic's over, there's still gonna be noise. There's still going to be um, external factors that are go- that can potentially negatively impact your training or whatever it is, but, but how are you going to respond to this? How are you going to respond to those? Um, I would treat it as one and the same and, and keep moving forward. Just relentless forward progress is the only way to go in my opinion. That's right. That's right. That's all we can do. So I think it's effective um, that we also talk about maybe altering your training, knowing not your training specifically, but anybody um, knowing that you're potentially, let's say 12 weeks away from a race. Okay, let's, let's get into and, that. And some, so the biggest changes need to come when somebody's on a specific training plan. Um, like I, we, I had a number of athletes I'm coaching that were ready for Boston, and they each uh, were ramping up in specificity towards the race, uh, ramping up in long runs and ramping up in intensity just a little bit to peak. Um, and obviously, once we knew that Boston was postponed, um, instantly made changes. And I see a lot of people say they're still training like they're racing and that's, and that's great. But to really take full advantage of this, um, you're going to want to probably dial back the intensity some because it's not really effective and it's not sustainable long-term. You're going to put yourself at a higher risk of injury. Uh, you're really just towing a line for no reason when, when, you know, excessive fitness gains aren't necessary at this point. So what I would do is, you know, typically we look at like 80, 20, uh, 80% of your, 
your work should come from like really low intensity stuff and then 20% should be higher intensity. Um, that number skews towards 25 to 30% as you get closer to a race before you start to taper. Okay. Um, and typically you don't want to increase volume and intensity at the same time. So this is a perfect time to increase volume. I think that if you take nine times out of 10, if you take Johnny, for example, and you, and you have him running safely 75 miles a week versus 55 miles a week, Johnny's almost always going to do better on 75 miles a week. If, if performance is his goal and, and he can stay healthy at 75 miles a week, um, being able to take a long time to slowly build that aerobic base at this point, uh, really gives you a good starting point for when racing season starts again. Um, mm. because then at that point you're not adding intensity and like your duration or amount of time that you're training, you're not adding intensity and volume at the same time anymore. So, uh, a big thing to do right now is I would drop maybe to 15% of your weekly mileage coming um, from intensity and really take this as like one, two, three weeks in a row where you're kind of adding no more than maybe 10% each week. And then you cut back 25% for a fourth week and then you do it again. And over, over a 12 week course, you can really safely, probably most people can take, you know, take their mileage up 25% or 30%, 40% even. Um, yeah for some people depending on their abilities and their limitations. So I think a lot of people should be having this base training mentality, but it doesn't mean that you won't gain fitness in base training. Uh, as an example, I have an athlete, Ryan, who um, is, he ran a 16 second mile PR off of no speed work whatsoever um, in the middle of training for a 24 hour race. Wow. Uh, because he's, because we've built a really strong, really, really strong, got him up to training about 11 hours a week or so. Just really, really, really solid aerobic base. And he did that off of that, just off of that base without the speed work, without the specificity for a mile. Now, if you were to start adding in 200s and um, speed work, like 400 meter repeats, 200 meter repeats, that type of stuff, like that mile time would shave down really quickly um so that just gives you an idea of of what this high aerobic capacity can do and more people should take this next three to four weeks to benefit from that yeah i, I definitely agree that's uh, that's like one of my goals i know i said minimum of, of a 5k uh every single day but i've been kind of just narrowing it down to 30 like at least minimum a 30 minute run every day and then you know changing up and going for like an hour or an hour and a half or whatever Good. Yeah. I mean, when you can start, you know, scientifically speaking, the biggest aerobic adaptations for most people are going to come between 60 and 90 minutes in between there. So you can look at like a 60 to 75 minute run being the sweet spot for most people. And for some people that might mean 11 and a half miles. And for some people that might mean six miles. Um, But you're going to, you're going to notice a lot of aerobic adaptation at that point. So I think hitting those runs that are longer than an hour routinely are going to be really effective for you. Um, I know some of the biggest gains in my fitness when I don't run for under an hour, like I'll go all week without, you know, maybe averaging 90 minutes a day or so uh, plus. And yeah, for me, I'm able to do that because I'm a little more seasoned. Like I wouldn't recommend that, that you go do that obviously because we, we train differently. Um, but just as an example, that's all those, all those positive changes happen you know, over that hour kind of threshold mark. Gotcha. So I'm glad to see you adding that in there. 
Yeah, yeah, me too. It's, it's something um, I know, like, in the wintertime, I'm kind of get, I get a little unmotivated. I don't run as much as I should in the wintertime. Um, but it's been actually really nice out, like 35 to, like, 50 degrees-ish over the last, like, few weeks. So it's been nice to kind of get out there. Sometimes it's been chilly and windy, but, you know, we gotta you got to push through it. 100% man and this is the this is the time to do it. I think no matter how bad of a winter you had or anything like that, this is the time for you to come alive and and uh and make something happen. If Absolutely. not now then no time like the present. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so I want to talk about some nutritional um some nutritional changes as well. I see a lot of people the the way that we have the landscape around grocery shopping has changed dramatically. Um yep. Obviously. So I went from grocery shopping three to four times a week um, in smaller quantities, buying fresher food three to four times a week and kind of deciding what I want to eat on the fly intuitively to having to be like, okay, this has to be strategic because maybe I'm, I'm grocery shopping for three weeks at a time uh, to try to limit my exposure at mm-hmm. grocery stores, which doesn't seem to be a huge risk or, or whatever it may be, or just, I, I have to, because that's the way I have to buy. Cause I don't know what I'm going to get next. Um, so I get asked the question frequently, like, what do I eat in a day? And um, I could, this would be a good time to maybe take it through that. Just as, this is this is how I'm eating right here in quarantine. Um, just, to, just to give people a, a rough idea of what I'm doing. Uh, so typically in the morning, I will eat a half cup of oats with a little bit of brown sh- sugar or maple syrup, uh, some pumpkin seeds, and some raisins. And then I'll also eat two eggs, um, pasteurized eggs, of course. So that would be like my first meal typically of the day. Yep, yep. Um, and because of the way, because of the fact that I'm working from home and my office hours now have changed, I'm really training in the afternoon. So I usually don't, I don't, uh, eat prior to running, but that would be the meal I eat prior to running now. Um, and then next, you know, it might work up and, uh, the next thing I'll do is I'll typically uh, make some rice. So it'll be – I like jasmine rice a lot. I think it's really aromatic. I think it's awesome. Uh, yeah. So I, I take uh, jasmine rice, and then I cook some beans, like some canned, uh, you know, whatever, maybe pinto or black beans. Uh, or maybe I do a pinto, black bean, kidney bean, like a tri-bean mix that I have. Um, and I cook those in a little bit of barbecue sauce that doesn't really have much sugar in them. And then I take a little bit of maple syrup and sriracha, and I cook the beans in that. Um, and then okay. I, I kind of heat them really low until they kind of caramelize. Um, and usually a can of beans, like three and a half servings. So I make it into three servings. And then I, I pair those up like with three meals with, with rice. So I eat the beans, rice, and then I'll, I'll throw, uh, I have like frozen bags of fajita uh, vegetables. So peppers and onions. And I will cook those um, and usually don't even need any oil. But every now and then I'll use a little bit of avocado oil um, and some salt and pepper. And then I throw those on top. So I'm basically just eating those that way. Uh, I find that to be a really, really wholesome lunch. And then I'll eat like potentially two oranges or some berries on the side uh, with that. And then uh, my next meal could be a variety of things. Typically, I I will eat those burritos that I've talked about. Um, So basically, I take three or four uh, tortillas, cook them up. I buy the kind that are not cooked yet. Um, Mix in some pinto beans and sweet potatoes. And then my favorite type of salsa. And then I routinely put tomatoes or other things in there as well uh, that I like. Yeah. And then avocado, avocados are really cheap here. So I eat a lot of avocados uh, and I mash up the avocados and put them in there. 
So typically I'll have three or four of those for dinner and then I'll have a final meal at night. And that meal usually consists of, um, I usually eat Greek yogurt with that meal and a protein shake. So I, the only two kind of animal uh, foods I eat are, are really Greek yogurt and, um, uh, eggs, right? So it's something that we've yeah. talked about before. And I yeah. eat Greek yogurt at night because it has a high, uh, just high casein protein content. So it helps me feel full overnight. So I'll take Greek yogurt, sunflower butter. I mix a Greek yogurt and sunflower butter, and I throw more pumpkin seeds on top of that. Uh, so like throughout the day, I eat maybe a serving of cashews here and there and about two or three servings of pumpkin seeds. Uh, pumpkin seeds are a great source of protein as well as a bunch of micronutrients and some really healthy fats. So I think they're absolutely vital. So I throw those on top um, and then I'll throw like uh, some chia seeds in the, in it too. So it ends up being this almost like pudding like texture. Um, and then I'll eat that. And sometimes I'll even throw some, uh, some uh, cocoa powder in it as well. And it, it provides like a really good, really good flavor, really good taste. Uh, and that will pretty much sit like a brick in my stomach overnight. And I do not get, I do not get hungry and I wake up feeling super, you know, super, uh, super light, feel really good with that. So all in all, I'm eating, I would say somewhere close to 110 grams of protein, uh, with the amount of food I'm eating. And that's just a, what I just gave is a, just a really general overview. Cause I'm always snacking throughout the day too, but those are like kind yeah. of my anchor meals now. And, and I'll add in protein bars and protein shakes or whatever it is, as I feel necessary. I usually eat a plant-based protein or like a no cow bar. And I'll throw those in as it goes. And I think those have been great. And then the only supplements I've been using, I've been using sleep lead at night. Uh, it's really helped me get restful sleep, especially cause I'm uh, jittery and anxious throughout the day, just with everything that's going on. Um, yeah. and then, uh, I'll, I'll definitely do, um, like, a like a green food antioxidant, uh, powder, uh, in the morning with my breakfast. Yeah. And then a multivitamin. And those have, those have been really hitting home for me. I feel like I'm getting really lean. My nutrition's really dialed in sitting somewhere around 110 to 120 grams of protein. Um, basically sitting somewhere at like 50% carbs, 30% fat, 20% protein. Yeah. I mean, we basically have like a very similar like meal structure throughout the day, especially now that I'm working from home, like all the time, I've noticed that, um, I don't like, I don't eat as much. Like, like when I'm in the office, I feel hungrier. I don't know why, but now that I'm here, I like, I don't feel like it necessary to like try to go and like get a bunch of snacks or whatever from the, like the kitchen. Um, but yeah, basically I'm doing the same, almost the same exact thing that you are. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not, it, it, it's, it's the best way to eat and I'm not, I'm not eating this way every day. Um, but I'm, I'm eating those meals almost every day. Um, it makes it really easy when you're grocery shopping multiple weeks ahead of time. Yeah. Um, yeah. These foods and it's are very, yeah, it's very simple too. Yeah. And simplicity is key when you have to bulk buy things, but also I'm saving a bunch of money through this pandemic because I'm yeah. bulk, bulk buying a bunch of foods and I'm not going out to eat. Uh, so I notice I'm definitely getting leaner again, more of that probably monk mode as I've dialed in my nutrition almost perfectly, uh, for yeah. me, for me at least. Um, but I do, like, I will say, like, I sometimes add peanut butter into my oatmeal, or uh, I don't eat peanut butter anymore, but sunflower butter. Uh, sometimes I cut up a banana and put it in there. Sometimes I put berries in there. Like, sometimes yeah. I'll have a banana throughout the day with some almond butter. Uh, those are things that I'm not necessarily talking about, but they're definitely in there, and I'm making sure I'm getting enough calories. I'm consuming about 3,800 calories a day, nice. 35 to 38. Um, so I would say 90% of coming plant-based, whole food. Uh, so 
I feel like I'm in a really good spot with nutrition and I wouldn't be without this. So I'd challenge everybody to see if you can dial in your nutrition at this time. Like the more you can limit your time going to the store and stuff like that, the better you're going to be. Um, I know supporting local businesses is important when they're doing carry out and stuff like that right now. But uh, one, I'm probably too paranoid for that. But, but two, I just don't want to spend my money on that. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I went into whole foods today just cause I needed a, a couple things um, to, to finish out this like meal I wanted to, I wanted to cook today. And uh, out of curiosity, I went down uh, one of the frozen aisles and literally the entire aisle was gone empty. The frozen pizzas, the frozen peas and, and whatever, everything was, was absolutely gone. It was crazy. Yeah. I never seen anything like before. Yeah. And you know, I was in the early days of this, I was going to the store when I was, uh, I was going to sort of pick some things up and, just seeing this empty shelves and people with masks on and people all freaked out. It was just freaking me out more. And I knew I had to be there less yeah, because 100%. it felt, it felt, it felt eerie. It felt post-apocalyptic and it wasn't doing well for me. And I know that when I get into a bad place with mental health, I need to remove the stressors and the stimuli that are causing it. And yeah. I found that not doing that was a good idea. But it also turned out to be a blessing because I like not that my nutrition was bad by any means before, but this really helped me dial in my nutrition. This is an opportunity. You have an opportunity to, to train better. You have an opportunity to recover more, to rest more, to foam roll more. You have an opportunity to dial in your nutrition. You have an opportunity to research until your heart is content about nutrition and other things so you can be self-sufficient. This is an opportunity to arm yourself for battle when you go back into racing or you go back into jujitsu or you go back into CrossFit or Spartan racing or whatever it may be. Yep. This is your time to rise up and be strong. Yep, yep. I've been I've been watching a lot of like um, I can't, you know, I can't train jujitsu right now, but I've been watching a lot of like tutorials on YouTube and like learning different things just, just by watching or like having like so, someone on YouTube explain something. It's just like, you can, there's so many opportunities for you just to, to learn and then try to, um, be like a sponge and get all that information. in, even if you're not like being able to go do that, that specific thing. Yeah, that's ex exactly right. And that's something that I expected that you were probably doing. There is the, you know, you can think of it like this, like right now we, this is obviously right now we can't go into battle, so to speak. You know, we can't, yeah. we can't go race or, or compete in our, our respective sports, but we can sharpen the sword. Um, so you can do things that sharpen the sword. Like you can research, you can try to grow, get out of your comfort zone. You can try to learn, you can try to improve your recovery protocol. You know, you can try to, uh, to, to read books, to get into the mindset of some of these athletes with killer instincts, all those things sharpen the sword. Um, yep. Or you can do things to dull, you know, kind of dull that sword. You can, you can worry profusely. You can, you can freeze yourself with an analysis paralysis. You can feel hopeless. Um, you can feel like a victim. All those things dull your sword. And when it comes time to race, you know, when I've been doing the ladder that we've talked about, um, I come into a race and I come in flat and I usually get my butt kicked. But when I do things that, that sharpen the sword, um, I come into the race sharp. And so this is an opportunity. And I, I think that the true people that have killer instincts are going to seize this opportunity and they're going to rise and they're going to grow from it. None of us want to be here locked into where we are, but this is our opportunity. This is something that will prepare us for the future if we use it to our benefit. Absolutely. Wholeheartedly agree with that. Couldn't have said it better. Right. So I think that's a, a good place to leave. Um, you know, I'm, 
I'm really excited for what the future holds still. Me too. Um, Absolutely. I, I refuse to believe that it's all gloom and doom. I, I think that uh, we have, we have an infinite amount of potential, each and every one of us. And I feel like with this extended time where we get more time with our loved ones, we get more time to recover with all these things that we have, we have no excuse not to catapult ourselves forward when the time comes. And I know so many people that I surround myself with every single day, all of my athletes, all of my friends, you, I know are ready to get out there and ready to grind uh, when they're able to. So I, I think people are just chopping at the bit and I'm, I'm, I'm so excited to see what the fall holds. I know that we're going to get through this. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to see what everyone has to, everyone has to offer, what they're going to do. Um, also, I like, I'll, I mean, feel free to reach out, you know, um, DM me, tell me like some of the goals that you're, that you're want to work on for this, uh, this quarantine break. Yeah. I, I think would, it's, I, would love to, I would love to hear it. I think it's, it's, it's awesome. Like I said, my goal is basically to go into monk mode and to do the little things that I say I never have time to do and to focus on meditation and focus on becoming a, a better person. And that's going to make me a better athlete and a better coach. Um, so, yeah, we want to hear what you guys have to say about that. Uh, you can find me, as always, on Instagram at Bottenhorn Running. You can find me on my website, www.markbottenhorn.com. Yep. And you can find me on Instagram at patxgates. Feel free. All right, everybody. We know it's hard. We know it's tough. Uh, we know there's a lot of pressure, but no right. pressure, we'll, no diamonds. That's right. We'll get through this together. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Finding Strong Podcast. As always, if this episode brought you value, um, please like, share, subscribe, rate us on iTunes, share us on Instagram, tell the world about us. Thanks again, and stay strong.